Well, good morning, Greenwich, and Happy New Year. Welcome to the Monday, January 8th edition of the Basement Academy. It's good to be back live in the basement studio here from my home in Haymarket. Hope you've enjoyed the last couple weeks of refreshment and uh, holiday cheer and celebrating 12 days of Christmas. The 12 days just ended on last Friday, uh, the 5th. Uh, and I enjoyed a little break. Uh, the, the replays, uh, I hope, were helpful. Some reflections on the incarnation. I listened to several of those myself. Uh, it's like, what did I say a couple of years ago? So really good. Um, I want to read a morning psalm. It ties in wonderfully with the theme that we'll introduce and be going through uh, here uh, in the Basement Academy, which is really going to parallel what we're doing from the pulpit this theme of generation to generation that we introduced yesterday. And so let me read Psalm 128, a wonderful psalm of blessing over our, our family and domestic life. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house and your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem, and may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Mm. Sweet little psalm. God's blessing upon our home, our marriage, our children, our work. May there be blessings and prosperity, and may we live to see our children's children, the next generation, right? And so what I want to do is think with you a little more in depth than we'll do in the pulpit. We're just limited by time on Sunday mornings. Just kind of want to unpack this theme of generation to generation. Um, kind of subtitled it here, Passing down God's precious promises. God has made promises to his people, and these promises are for you and your children and all who are far off, thinking of the generations to come. Now, the, the notion of generations is popular in our culture. Uh, there's, a, I think, a pretty active uh, conversation that that thinks along the lines of uh, of generations there's a there's a cultural framework that that we may not even be aware that that's what we're doing we're thinking generationally but it's this notion of looking at groups of people that were born in a certain time period and kind of gathering that group of period over a number of years, gathering that group of people and, and, and giving them a generational label. So I, I wrote down the going stretching back to what we would call the GI or the greatest generation. Some of you may have read that book by Tom Brokaw. The greatest generation was born in 1901 to 1927, and those that's the generation that 
won World War II, <laughs> that kept the world free, not just America, but the world free, right? And so the GI, or the greatest generation, following them, born 1928 to 1945, the end of the war, is known as the silent generation. They grew up in the shadow of these who, who uh, did such great feats. And so they were often overshadowed. And so the silent generation, and then, of course, the baby boomers, the boomers starting in 1946, um, this... Uh, little list that I was looking at, uh, goes to 1964. Some will call it 60. Some will say 63 when Kennedy was assassinated. That was, but there's a kind of a marker. So 46 to 64, the boomers. Okay. That's a bunch of us right here. Gen X follows, born 1965 to 1980. And Gen X, because gee, we don't know what to call it. So let's just call it Gen X. And so that the Xers, Okay. And so those folks, um, they're the ones who are rising and ascending into leadership. And then following Gen X are the millennials. Oh, the beleaguered millennials born 1981 to 1996. And so the millennials, you take 81, they're, they're starting to come of age in the year 2000, okay? So they're 19 years old. And so all of a sudden, you know, they're in college uh, when Y2K comes and then they're the, the, the younger generation. Millennials are now entering the workforce and starting to, you know, move up and move in. Um, they're beleaguered by those boomers, right? And so there's some, you know, back and forth between the boomers and the millennials. Gen Z follows 1997 to 2012, okay? So those are youngsters, okay? And so many of us have uh, millennial or Gen Z kids and some grandkids, right? And then most recently, uh, there's been the designation for those who've been born uh, in the early 2010s, you know, kind of in the last 10 years or so, Gen Alpha, Okay, so we've kind of gone from Z back to A, okay? And so they're, they're so young, they haven't, you know, have any characteristics. The idea is that, and again, this is kind of in our, our cultural mindset. Those who were born in a certain, you know, era, certain years, have shared experiences and shared qualities, sometimes shared virtues and shared vices, Right. And, and then an identity begins to form around them. And so, you know, the, the kind of the Xer and the millennials, um, this is maybe, I don't know, five years ago or say, okay, boomer, you know, so you've got the boomers who are in senior leadership in corporate America and other places, and they're telling these young people how it needs to be. And the Xers and the millennials in particular, like going, okay, boomer, wh whatever you say, that's not how it is, Right. Uh, the millennials, they're, they're digital natives. They grew up with computers. They grew up with, with iPhones. They grew up with cell phones. They grew up native to the digital universe, being online, the internet, where boomers and those who are older, you know, sometimes we struggle with some of that technology. And so, and so there's these, you know, anytime you hear people talking about the millennials or Gen X, 
or Gen Z. Gen Z is turning away from the church. And so there have been studies about that. We've talked about that in recent months. Anytime we're, we're using that language, the millennials, the boomers, Gen Z, we're thinking generations. We're thinking along the lines of these generations. And so it's a cultural mindset that we have that we don't even recognize that we have. Now, the tendency, I think, could be wrong on this, but but just in my own thinking, the tendency generally as we make these um, identifying, you know, marks, you know, this year is a Gen Z, this year is an X or this, this year is a millennial, etc. We emphasize the division between the generations, the discontinuity. How are they different? What are the shared qualities of one group that are distinct from that of another group? So millennials do this, Xers do this, boomers do that. Um, there's some there's some funny little um, video shorts that that show up in my feed from time to time. How uh, boomers and millennials and Xers and Gen Z how they um, go to work and it's it's humorous and it's trying to illustrate that there is there are differences between the generations so. The tendency is to emphasize the differences or the discontinuity, sometimes with some playful criticism, you know, the typical millennial, you know, showing up late or wanting to keep working from home and just going to quit their job if you make them come into the office. Those typical millennials, okay, boomer, anything you say. And so there, there's a way that's kind of a critical eye that the generations cast upon each other. And then there's a way in which we tend to think somewhat deterministically. That is, if you're born in this area era and we think of you as a boomer or an Xer or a millennial or a Z, well, that's who you are. And and I, you know, I, I'm not sure any of that thinking is helpful, but I believe it's common. Okay, I believe it's it's common. And certainly, you know, we've, the, the old language would be the generation gap, right? You know, the, the musical tastes are different. Um, the, the, the way people dress is different. Um, uh, the, the language, the slang, um, you know, so, so there's, we, we tend to emphasize these differences. Now, with that just sitting as a backdrop, biblical Christianity thinks generations. Now, now, you might not think that way. When you read your Bible, you may not be thinking generations, but the Bible clearly presents this notion of generations. And so that's what, that's what this study here uh, in the Basement Academy is going to uh, go through to try to unpack this for you. And we'll do a little bit, kind of a high-level uh, work uh, in the pulpit on Sunday mornings to try to, as I said, get a window seat in the airplane and look out. And so as we get above it all, you know, the so th the greatest generation, 1901 to Gen Alpha, which is born in the 2010s, that's over 100 years, okay? So in these, what is that, four, seven different generational identifiers or generational groups, we've got 
a hundred plus years worth of humanity. <laughs> and so biblical Christianity, what I'm trying to do is get you in the airplane, get your face pressed up against the window, look out over the landscape there and see this big perspective, okay? And that's what I want to do uh, in, in the study here uh, and on Sunday mornings. Let me read a few Psalms. We read, read one yesterday, but and we'll, we'll get that in a second. Psalm 71, uh, verse 16, I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. And so this is the psalmist reflecting back. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, even when I'm old and gray. I don't know if he's old and gray yet, but probably aging, right? (laughs) And so there's some gray hair now on the head. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me till I declare your power to the next generation. So I have a responsibility to speak to my children and the children's children. Psalm 78, we read on Sunday just to catch that again for you. Uh, I will utter hidden things, things from of old, what we have heard and known, what our fathers have told us. So, okay, so now the fathers are telling us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. So we receive from the fathers, we have now received, there's two generations, we tell our children so that our children will tell their children. So there's four generations in just these couple verses that are in view, okay? So from generation to generation. Uh, Psalm 145, see if I can get to that one. There it is, Psalm 145. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. And so there's a, a theme here, right? Psalm 22 is interesting. Right to the end of the uh, psalm. Uh, uh, Let's go. Verse 28. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive. So it reflects as death comes close, we often turn to God posterity will serve him. Posterity, that's the future generations. So posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. We're going to hang in until we get a chance to tell the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren, right? And so the psalmist pictures this 
this continuity, this lineage, the, the continuity between the generations and a, and, and, a, and a connection between the generations, not division, not criticism, not, not, not antagonism, but, 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 but a familial connection. And so we tell the next generation that the deeds of the Lord. Psalm 100 um, is, we love that one just because it reminds us of God's faithfulness. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his courts with thanksgiving, his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So humanly speaking, we receive from our fathers, our grandfathers and fathers, our grandmothers and mothers, we receive from the generations that have come before, and then we pass on to the next generations, right? So this image of a, like a torch or a baton that is being passed uh, from generation to generation. As we grow old, we hand on and, and, and the, the ones who come after us run. And God is faithful to all generations. So God's faithfulness never, never runs out. And so the focus on scripture is on the weight of responsibility, the sense of call, the sense of duty that, that rests upon the current generation. That is, we who are alive have a responsibility to pass that faith on, to hand the torch to those who will run after us. A responsibility and I would say a joy, right? It's not all burden. It's not all weight. It's an honor to carry the word of God, to carry the gospel and then entrust it to the next generation. And so this idea of the promises of God, and just to wrap up with scripture from the New Testament, uh, the book of Acts, when Peter is preaching at Pentecost and he goes through and tells the story of Israel and God's plan and God's purposes and, you know, in David, but it wasn't David, ultimately David pointed forward. And finally, this Christ whom you crucified he has made both Lord and Messiah. The people are cut to the heart. What must we do to be saved? And so, so the Holy Spirit convicts those who hear. And then Peter says, repent, so what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And the far off isn't, I don't think, geographically, I think it's chronologically, okay? This promise of the Holy Spirit that God gives is a promise that is intended to be handed down. This promise is for the children, and it is for those generations yet to come. And so, Peter spoke these words 2,000 years ago, rough, you know, plus or minus. As we shared yesterday in church, there was this unbroken chain 
hands that have been laid on elders and deacons and pastors, bread that has been broken, cup that has been lifted, words of institution that have been spoken. What I received from the Lord, I passed on to you. That on the night in which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. And so we stand in an unbroken chain of generational faithfulness of God and of God's people so that we now have this opportunity. So, so let me wrap up here for today. Just want to, it'll take a couple days to get into being live again. Uh, we'll pick up tomorrow and look at the book of Genesis and how generations show up in the book of Genesis. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be gathered together again uh, in this way, in the basement and through our computers and audio podcasts. What a wonder it is, this age of technology. Lord, may your word abide in us and may we hear that call to responsibility to carry your word to the next generation. Thank you for the generations that have come before, our fathers and mothers and grandparents and others who have who have led us in the way of Jesus Christ. Lord, find us faithful in our generation as we pray in the name of the Savior who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, may you live this day with a sense of blessing of a faithful God to all generations who has gone ahead of you and will come after you. And so may he find all of us faithful in our generation. Amen and amen.